Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Portland is a baseball town. Our secretary didn't have anybody on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) There was nobody on the phone. They were just egging me along. So they bought a little short chubby guy in with the name Peters and put him <laughs> in my place and sent me to double A ball. Two fans, one mission to bring Major League Baseball to Oregon, fueled by Guardian Games and Athletic Field Design. This is the Diamonds and Roses podcast. Without further ado, your host, Ben and Dave. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Diamonds and Roses podcast. As always, I am your host, Ben. Dave, once again, is not able to be with us today, but with that said, we're going to have a great episode for you. We have Vancouver, Washington's own Daniel Copeland joining us from Skyview High School. Uh, He's an alumnus of Skyview. He also is currently attending Gonzaga University. And uh, he's home for the summer, and we uh, he's taking a few minutes out of his busy schedule this year to uh, go ahead and spend a few minutes with us to get to know him a little bit better, learn about uh, what he's been, what he's done, what he's been doing, and what he's up to in the future. So, uh, without further ado, I'd like to welcome our guest on this episode, Daniel. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I really appreciate you having me on the show. Uh, excellent. I'm glad that uh, you were able to join us um, and uh, be a part of history here in Portland, uh, the Northwest area. And, uh, you know, as we as you're aware, you know, we started this podcast because uh, MLB to PDX push has been pretty uh, forward and they're going strong with that that push. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later in the episode. But Big part of this uh, podcast is we want to, you know, we want to enlighten people on the history of baseball here in the Pacific Northwest, and also just you know show them how 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 entrenched it is and just that culture. So, um, without further ado, you know, you went to uh, what, what's your earliest remembrance of, of baseball? Like uh, your first moment that you can remember? Like what what was that? Um, probably back in. Uh... I don't know, T-ball, I guess, or indoor, indoor T-ball, I guess, like these little foam balls we'd play. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in Longview, so I went from playing indoor T-ball to um, Cal Ripken, and that's about um, the earliest I could remember. So, I mean, my dad would coach me and my brother, and um, we, we just get out there to do our best, and I just fell in love with the sport, I guess. It was, it was a lot of fun. 
Excellent. Um, well, what's um, what's your first major league experience? Um, I mean, it definitely had to be going to a Mariners game to watch them play. Uh, I have no idea when it was, but I know for a fact it was a Mariners game. Um, and I was just in awe of just the field facilities and just watching them play the game because it's incredible what guys can do at that level. Yeah, like many young people being able to go to their first major league game, did that have any impact on you as far as this is what I want to do when I, I grow up? Oh, I'm, of course. I'm. It's every kid's dream. I mean, at least every baseball player's dream to be able to make it to the major leagues. And so just being able to see that, being able to be there, I knew that one day – I was gonna, I was gonna make it my goal to to be there, and uh, instead of just watching, be the one playing, and have everyone watching me. What was your dream position at the time? As far as what did you imagine yourself playing in the major leagues? Um, probably to go with shortstop. I always saw myself as a shortstop until I uh, got to high school and realized I couldn't feel the baseball. So that was. Uh, that was being a shortstop would have been the coolest thing ever. Was there a specific player that you just kind of idolized as a shortstop, or is it just something that you just like? I can go out there and I could do that. Um, I mean, I don't know. I I guess I always fantasized about making a a Jeter throw from shortstop or something like that. But I mean, I always just I just thought of myself as a shortstop. Just shortstops are always. I feel like they're they're a good leader on the team. They're usually pretty athletic. I thought I was pretty athletic back in the day. I don't know about now, but uh, yeah, being a shortstop would have been awesome. Being a, making a jump throw, backhand dive, I don't know stuff like that. You know, a lot of people your age or even in younger, or actually even a little older. Sorry, probably a little bit older would be kind of like that Jer- Derek Jeter type you know, guy following him and just those plays that he was able to make from shortstop all the way over to first base. Some of the throws are pretty amazing. Even though being a Red Sox fan, I just, I can, res- <laughs> I can respect Derek Jeter and I can respect the level of talent that he had. It, you know, is you ever take anything away from watching him play at all? Um, I guess just, maybe it's just his mannerisms on the field. I feel like he was always pretty a collected player and, uh, I feel like that's something I've tried to embody, never getting, uh, letting the moment get too big for you, stuff like that. Um, just kind of embody that in the way that I play and just keep a level head and whatever happens, happens, and you just can focus on yourself and uh, the things that you can control. Excellent. Now let's talk a little bit about uh, after T-ball, you roll into uh, Cal Ripken, you're going up. At what point... Um, this become more of like, Hey, you know, I, I can, I, I can do this. I, you know, I'm going to continue playing on into high school and, and maybe beyond high school. At what point did you start realizing that you, you know, you just had this talent? Um, I think it definitely started back in Cal Ripken when I lived in Longview. Um, I just I honestly found the game pretty easy and, uh, then, especially when I when I moved to Vancouver, where I live now, um, going through Little League, um, I would play two years up um, on my brother's team. And then um, my uh, summer ball team, 
that I played with, uh, we all ended up just leaving Little League um, to try and find some better competition. So that's kind of, that's kind of when it uh, really sank in that um, that I might have something going here with baseball. At what point? You know, you touched on this a little bit uh, a few moments ago. Anyways, at what point did you start realizing uh, shortstop wasn't the position for you <laughs> into moving into kind of where you're at now? That definitely came in my freshman year of high school. Um, so I was on I was on varsity my freshman year, and I was kind of uh, I would play I played a couple games at short and third on JV, but most of the time I was just on varsity to be like a a relief pitcher and uh I was actually the, like the backup middle infield guy and uh, I, there was one practice where I was taking my reps at shortstop and I probably got hit by just 20 balls that didn't go in my glove and instead hit me in the legs the chest just about anywhere and so I mean that was not a great moment <laughs> but um I don't know after that after that year, freshman year, my coach kind of sat me down. He goes, uh, let's, we're just going to have a chat about moving you to the outfield and focusing on that and pitching. <laughs> so then I ended up playing right field for the rest of uh, rest of high school. <laughs> you know, I'm a big major league fan, and it kind of, you know, as you're talking about that, the you know, the ball heading off, yeah, and it's like reminds me of like when Roger Dorn's getting the balls drilled at him and the Skipper comes out, starts yelling, I'm talking, don't give me this label crap. Uh, anyways, that's one of my stupid talents that I have is I remember too many uh, movie yeah. books. <laughs> um, so you, uh, you're a right, said you're a right-handed pitcher, you're a four-year letterer at uh, Skyview High School. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, you, you said that you were a freshman um, playing on varsity. What was that feeling like? Did you feel, you know, a little, I guess, out of place, maybe being like, uh, you know, with just the, the talent level? Because Skyview has got some, has had some really good players come through that that program. Um, what, what was that feeling like knowing, one, that you made varsity, and two, you know, just the level of talent that was around you? Um, it was an amazing feeling. Because, um, I mean, it was my goal. I, I walked into tryouts with, nothing nothing else but I'm gonna play on varsity that was my goal when I showed up so um I was really proud of myself to have achieved that and uh even better my brother was um on varsity too so I got to play with him again and uh it was just it was just a great experience getting to play with uh the older guys because obviously they were they were very talented and um we had a good team that year and uh I was able to take everything that I just learned from kind of sitting back observing them and being able to put that forward when uh, it became my time to be the older guy and kind of be the leader for the younger guys. So it was a great experience just to have them just kind of observe and learn the way they, they do things and uh, kind of put that forth into my future as uh, a leader on the team. Yeah. And you guys uh, did very well. Um, at least some of the quick references that I was able to find to 2017, you, you guys were in the playoffs I think he even made the state finals um, yep. that year. Uh, 2018, you guys definitely made the playoffs again. You won your league um, and was going through the playoffs. I mean, you you had some pretty good talent, you know, on your team uh, for multiple years. Uh, it said that you were named the 
for a uh, Greater St. Helens League Player of the Year unanimously in 2018. Um, the, some of the school records that you have is you tied the school record for most doubles and that you're second on uh, total hits. What, is that, what does that mean to you? And, and also, who might, if you know the people, who else is on that list that you can be uh, um, you know, either ahead or just behind? Um, I know, I know another guy who's just playing college baseball now, Brody Barnum. I have one of my best friends. He, uh, I'm just barely ahead of him on average. And, uh, he's just ahead of me on slugging. Um, Avery Schmidt has me somewhere on runs. Probably that kid was always scoring. Um, my brother's got me on triples. He's beating me in that. Um, nice. Ian Hamilton, he's he's got me on strikeouts, I believe. Um, I think he's got me on wins too. Um, I'm trying to think, there's another big name on there. Oh yeah, um, another pitcher who's I think he went to UP. He's got me on something. Brody's got me on whip, just barely. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's off the top of my head. I'm not sure. So run us through those couple of years in high school and what it meant to be, you know, playing for that <clears throat> specific team uh, and coach Johnston or Johnson and um, just kind of what the, the playoff runs were like for you. Um. I absolutely loved playing at Skyview. I don't think I don't think there could have been a better fit, especially with Coach Johnson. Um, he was a phenomenal coach and just absolutely knew what he was doing. Um, his, our freshman year, he was super hard on us because I think that team definitely needed it. And then, kind of as the years went on, we had a really strong senior class um, the year before me and the year and then my senior year. And uh, so he kind of backed off and kind of let us take the reins a little bit, um, which I think speaks to the way he's able to adapt as a coach. Um, so he, he was absolutely phenomenal. And then getting to play at Skyview was just amazing. Couldn't have asked for a better um, atmosphere. And uh, I mean, our field ended up getting condemned. So that kind of was terrible. So we, had, we couldn't play at our home field. But other than that, I'm, Absolutely no regrets of being a Skyview baseball player. And the, the playoff runs were always just so much fun. I mean, I remember quite a bit about the games, but I remember even more just about um, the bus rides, hanging out in the hotels, the uh, pre-games, post-game talks that we had. And, I mean, nothing compares to the uh, relationships that you can make through baseball, especially when you're – when you're winning quite a few games and you uh, just had got a good connection like we did. Yeah. And, um, Coach uh, Johnson said in an article that I had read that he, that about the regular season, he said he'd push the boys hard through the season and step off the gas in the playoffs. Is that kind of what you experience? Yeah. Um, yeah. Practices sometimes could get pretty intense. Just Johnson would demand a certain level of effort out of every guy. And uh, I think that's exactly why we were as successful as we were, because when it got when it got to the moment that we needed to be able to perform, 
we knew we had prepared for it already in practice. So him being hard on us just made it that much easier for us to exceed, succeed, I mean, when, uh, when the pressure was on. What's the biggest thing that you take away from the coach? Um, biggest thing I take away from Coach Johnson is uh, just a work ethic. All, you just got to work. And uh, he forced us to work every day. And uh, he'd have us come hit in the winter. And just it was all it was December through the end of the season, and we would you just have to work for everything you want. He worked for everything that he got in life, and uh, so that's the biggest thing I'll take away from him is that you got to have a work ethic. What do you think is the most defining moment in um, your high school career? I'm gonna have to go with uh, is my freshman year, and this is this is probably not what you're gonna think. You want it's like it's not gonna be normal, but. I I got my first start. It was supposed to be against River, who was our rival. They were like a smaller school, but they were still our rival. And uh, that got rained out. So I ended up starting against Union, who had 16 seniors at the time. Full senior starting lineup. They had Gatorade Player of the Year, Cody Hawkins. Wow. Who, uh, who I've gotten to know quite a, a bit now. And uh, just they had they had just had a bunch of dudes on their team. I, I don't remember. Thomas Lampkin was one of them. Um, Jacob Albee, just a bunch of guys. And uh, I went out there, very first start. My first inning, I gave up two home runs and took a 90-something mile an hour line drive off the leg uh, from Thomas Lampkin. And um, that was just demoralizing. Because I was coming into that having pitched probably 10 innings without giving up a hit yet in relief. And so I come in my first inning and I give up four or five runs, something like that, all off home runs. And I was just, I was just defeated in the dugout. Like it, it was pretty obvious. And I mean, I was in pain, my leg was hurting, but I mean, I think the defining moment for me was going back and continuing the game uh, with, I mean, after that first inning, it was, pretty tough for me to want to go back out there but uh, I went out finished the game didn't give up a single run I threw four or five innings that day I think all my runs came in the first and so I mean I was pretty proud of myself uh, just to kind of go out there and show that I can hold my own after a after a tough start and I think just showing that I could get back out there and kind of settle in um, really defined it for me that hey I got a place here like I should be okay. Yeah, that's a really co- big confidence building uh, example right there for you. Just yeah. to, you know, a lot of the younger kids out there, you know, if you go out and get lit up, I mean, you know what? There's, it keeps going. There's more game to it. And yeah. just going back out there and, and and going through it is really a big confidence builder, especially moving moving forward and in, into the future when you, you face another tough lineup, probably like you, yeah, know, exactly. you face right then because you're like, you know what? I did this before I can do it again and it's nothing new. So, um, good for you. I, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, you have that example and I'm glad that you gave that example. I think that's a really good defining moment. Um, so you guys went 11 and one in for a, uh, ball in your league in 2018 um, your team had four first teamers and five second teamers. It was that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good deal right there. Yeah. Um, so, what was the what was the thing about that 2018 team that 
mesh together? Was it because you had so – I mean, that was like a, more of a senior-ish class, like veteran, veteran class, meaning that you – because I think um, – <coughs> Either it was like the year before or something like that. You had a, you, you had lost a lot of players, and then especially on the pitching staff, and then you're coming back, and you know you have this like either this veteran run team that's not focused on pitching or or however you want to say it. So, um, I think the biggest thing for that team is just uh, our team chemistry was just through the roof. It was it was unmatched. We had. I think it was like 12 seniors that year, and um, I'm pretty sure it was eight or nine of us had been playing together since we were 12, um, like either on the same team or, I mean, actually, yeah, basically on the same team minus like one or two years. So we had been playing together for six or seven years on the same team at that point. So it was just, um, it was just a great great atmosphere in the dugout it was always positive no one was really down on each other no one was ever no one was ever getting on each other unless it was like productive um so I think that had a big part and uh, I mean obviously everyone was pretty talented with how many all-league guys that we had and then we definitely had a lot of young guys step up Brody's little brother Cooper who's made a name for himself lately um and uh, Liam Kerr, no guy yet. Those guys all stepped up and uh, took their role very seriously that they needed to do. Uh, Ryan Pitts, and it was just it was just a great group. And I definitely think, like I said, team chemistry was, was what really made us um, alongside of our talent that we had. Yeah. Um. If if there's anything that you could change, other than the the wins, <laughs> the losses there in the playoffs, what? What's one thing that you think that you would have liked to have changed about that year? If you hadn't said that, I definitely would have uh, finished by saying with the winning a winning a ring. <laughs> That's one thing we did do in four <laughs> years. But um, one thing I could change. Jeez, uh, um, I'm really not too sure. Uh, it just sounds like, you know, yeah. I mean, especially with that team, everything was just molding well together. And, you know, if, if you could, if I could add the wins, you'd probably be just to yeah. kind of continue um, up through to win a title. Uh, you know, it just one of those things that, you know, just whatever is meant to be is meant to be. But, um, you know, you guys had a really good year that year. Um, now, let's let's jump into a little bit about, uh, you know, you, you trying to select a, a college to go to, yeah. um, you know, it, it definitely sounds like you've been, you know, you're around to like with perfect game. You went to a couple different um, events for them. Uh, I think there's North Northwest stars or, or is it North, Northwest elite? Yeah. Northwest elite. You know, you're, you're a part of, let's talk a little bit about those, um, those events and, you know, participating with that and, and kind of what that did for you as far as personally um, and, and, and how it helped you baseball wise, like personally, like, you know, you could say, um, or just for example, oh, it helped me because I was, you know, I was able to mesh better with people or get to know individuals better. Or just mentally, it made me stronger mentally. It just 
just whatever you can like learn mentally from the coaches, just as an example. Yeah. Um, I think, I honestly think your example is pretty spot on. Um, one of my biggest takeaways from those trips that we did was, uh, it's whatever it was like 15 or 16 guys you probably never met. And you just all, the only thing you really have in common is that you love baseball or you're from the Northwest. And so, uh, I think that the biggest takeaway that I could have from that is just being able to, uh, like you said, mesh with uh, a group of guys that I've never really met. And then, so I guess, I guess just like people skills, com- like being able to build camaraderie with dudes that I've never played with. Um, and just uh, being able to, being able to be flexible with whatever a new coach needs is a big takeaway from that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I guess just, it would definitely just have to be, more on the more on the people side of things than the baseball side of things. Those those are great trips just to get like the reality of hey, you're not always gonna play with the guys you've always played with. You're gonna have to be able to fit into a different group. Yeah, and you know, we always look at it also too this way, you know, you're you're at Skyview, for example. Yeah. And, you know, whether or not you're the best player on that team, then you go to these other events where you're with other players who are yeah. some of the better players on their team. What's one thing you learned from some of the other people that were, that mm-hmm. were there? Can you explain a little bit about that? Um, yeah. Like you said, you definitely go from being one of the best to just a guy with some of the best players from everywhere. So it's, um, it's, it's a cool experience, but I mean, just uh, being able to learn just by watching is a, a big thing that I kind of like to do is just the way they go about their game or maybe the way they uh, prepare for maybe a start or something like that. Um, or just a lot of times pitchers would just sit around, talk about different grips, what to try, what to do. And so um, I think that that was always beneficial to me is just just learning from everyone else just based on uh, how they prepare for the game and the, the pitch grips that um, I definitely incorporated some of those into uh, just me trying out during catching stuff like that, seeing what works. And so I think that's a, that's a great thing to take away from those is just being able to learn from other players that are uh, very good at what they do. And I got to imagine that those experiences also helped you from a leadership standpoint too. Um, did you, did you feel like you were learning things that you could bring back and show some of the other people on your team that you could pass to them from these experiences? Oh, of course. Um, just anything I could take away from there. Um, I would, if it was, if it was something I liked, I would 100% embody that into the way that I would approach the game, approach leadership. And, um, hopefully, I mean, hopefully I was able to pass that on to whoever, could have been watching me at the time, but, uh, yeah, you definitely take away quite a few just different tactics, I guess would be a good way to go about it for, uh, just kind of being a leader or, uh, just helping others. What's one leadership ability that baseball's taught you? Um, I it definitely taught me to be assertive, I guess. Um, 
because sometimes you just really need to get your point across. Um, and I'm, I have a really hard time doing it when I'm not on the field. Um, just like being able to confront somebody about something. But, uh, if there's a problem that really needs to be addressed, um, I feel like baseball has taught me that I can, I can be able to say that, uh, in a setting where, uh, it's not gonna, it's not gonna destroy, destroy somebody, destroy a friendship or anything. And more, it'll be more of like a constructive, constructive way. So I guess, I guess being, being assertive in a constructive way is, uh, something that I've taken away. Excellent. Well, before we take a quick break, I got a little thing that I started doing as of late. We're gonna we call it three questions. So we're gonna call it three questions to ask Daniel, and these are just random random questions to get to know you a little bit better. Okay. The first question is: If we were riding in a vehicle going anywhere, or let's say we're on the bus on a road trip to go to a game, what do you or what are you listening to? Country music, the whole way. What any specific artist? No, just I. I would honestly put on the radio. Radio country music is what I'd listen to. Okay. Okay. If if you uh, could be any player in a mo- baseball movie, who would it be and why? Oh goodness. Um. I'm terrible. At, I'm terrible at remembering names, but um, kid who broke his arm and oh, uh, Henry Rolling Gardner. Yep, I want to be him. I, I want to show up p- pitching the major leagues and the with the busted arm. That was rookie of the year. Ready throws yep. the ball from the outfield to yep, like home I wanna play. Do that. I want to do that. <laughs> okay. Uh, la- the last question before we take uh, a quick break and. That is, if you could have one superpower ability, what would it be? Um, I would have to go with, I want to be a shapeshifter. I don't know why. It's just been something since I was, I don't know how old. I just thought it was the coolest thing to be able to be a shapeshifter. So I would have to go with that. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. You know, I always said I, I'd want to fly. I, I'm sc- I'm absolutely scared to death of heights. Like I've, you know, told people, listeners, I'm absolutely scared to death. But, you know, wa- growing up watching Superman, I've always like, I've always wanted to fly. So, um, <laughs> but uh, that would be mine. Well, with that said, we're gonna uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back uh, with you uh, in just a second after we get a word with our sponsor. Sick of overpriced apparel and equipment? Looking for a company who prides themselves in quality products and services? Look no further than our friends at Hit Factory Athletics. Created by a pro ball player, born purely from the love of the game, they exist to serve players and fans of the game. Take it from me, Ben. Hit Factory Athletics prides itself in quality and service. Head on over and check them out at www.hitfactoryathletics.com. That's www.hitfactoryathletics.com. At checkout, enter promo code DRPODCAST. That is D-R-P-O-D-C-A-S-T and receive a 10% discount upon checkout. Join the legends with Hit Factory Athletics. Okay, and we're back uh, with Daniel Copeland, Vancouver, Washington native, Skyview High alum. And now 
current pitcher for Gonzaga University. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about um, your recruitment to Gonzaga and any of the other universities because you, um, you know, you committed pretty early on in your um, your high school career to Gonzaga. Uh, let's talk about that recruitment, and let's talk about did you have any other offers from any other schools? Um, so I started getting recruited my freshman year, and uh, that was like that was mainly UW and like Seattle U. Um, so I went on like, a couple visits up to see their schools, and then I think it, it really started picking up my sophomore year um, with. Uh, UP, WSU, Oregon State, a um, couple others, like Gonzaga jumped in around there, um, and that's when I started getting a lot of my looks. They would uh, come out to my high school games, and so that was always pretty nerve-wracking when uh, uh, just seeing all the scouts behind home plate, so, but um, yeah, I had an offer from UP. That was my only other offer, and um, a lot of the schools had said that they were going to wait till junior year to offer me. Um, but so I went and visited Gonzaga my sophomore year. Um, I think it was it was during the spring. Still, I think I went up there. I met with all the coaches except for uh, Coach Mack, who was out at the time, and I absolutely fell in love with Gonzaga. Um, it could not have been a better visit. And so that's when they offered me. Um, and then I didn't commit until a few months later. I went back up because they wanted me to have a meeting with uh, Coach Mack since I hadn't got to meet him yet. And so I went back up and we went, me and my mom went a day early so uh, we could drive around Spokane and just see what it was like. And, uh, I mean, say what you want about Spokane, but I absolutely loved it. It was, it was amazing. I knew I kept telling my mom, like, I'm gonna commit tomorrow. I'm gonna commit tomorrow. And she's like, Okay, can you just hold on, hold on? We need to, we need to talk with, talk through everything first with Coach Mack. I was like, Well, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna walk in there. I'm gonna commit. So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't walk in there and commit. But I sat down, met with Coach Mack, and then, and then at the very end, I was like. I asked him if we can have five minutes and just go out on the field, just me and my mom. And then, so I kind of went out there. I just soaked everything in, just looking around at the field. It's an absolutely beautiful complex. And that's when I was like, Mom, I'm doing it. She's like, okay, it's your call. So I walked in there and I just, I, I walked in there and I said, Coach Smack, I would love to play here at Gonzaga. And he said, perfect, we'd love to have you. And then so that's when, that's when I committed. But, I mean, I'm sure he had a good idea because the day before we had gone to the bookstore and I came in wearing a Gonzaga hat. So, um, I kind of I, – I, I had known the second I uh, got back to campus that I would want to uh, commit to play there. Well, that, that sounds like, you know, just one of those things that just felt really right to you at, at oh, the yeah. time, like when you were you were there. And, uh, you know, you are you're talking about – taking five minutes to go out in the field you know how we talked about like rookie of the year and it's like yeah it was more of a silent admiration for me i think <laughs> just looking that's one of my stupid talents like i said earlier, <laughs> yeah. is i could remember like quotes from these uh these movies <laughs> oh, the only thing i can quote is harry potter but i can get almost every word 
Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's my fan. thing. Oh, big were time. Were you a Slytherin or which house do you no, think you were? No, I, I definitely took the test. I always I always went into Gryffindor. Ah, okay. Yeah. Can you imagine putting a hat on and it calling out Gryffindor? I would have I would have loved that. <laughs> I would have absolutely loved that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been that'd be kind of fun. Um, so so you you you've committed Gonzaga. Did you you know? Let's explain a little bit about that after that after process because I know with and, and again I'm only I'm only as familiar with baseball recruiting because they just talking to people about it but I'm a little bit more familiar with how the football recruiting goes and how how there's that constant continued like oh we want other teams are coming in and that say, wanting you to decommit to go to other schools it, it was that by any uh, chance did any of that happen or was it just pretty like calm after that and they're just like okay you know he made up his mind and that's where he's gonna go um yeah so it was it was pretty much just uh after after my meeting with coach mac i I called um all the different schools that i had been talking to at the time just to let them know um that i had committed and um the majority of them was it was really positive like from them like oh that's gonna be a great fit for you love the coaches over there um i didn't I didn't ever really uh, receive any other like contacts after that because uh, no one was really like forcing me, asking me to decommit or anything. One one coach from Hawaii texted me and was just he was just reaching out to me. I don't think he had known that I committed, and uh, as soon as I let him know, he said, "Oh, of course, yeah, good luck to you. Hope you have like a great time there, stuff like that." So no, I think it's I think baseball's pretty different in that aspect where your commitment's kind of just your commitment and no one's really going to try and force you out of it cool now you you had a a different experience than than most um most ball players your age get to have moving from high school to college because there was there was something going on in between that high school you know when you got done with high school to when you you went to gonzaga uh for those that don't know, talk a little bit about what what you were doing in between the time you graduated to the time you went to Gonzaga. Yeah, so um, how it kind of went down. I got a call from Coach Harm. He goes, "Hey, Cope, um, you're playing for the Pickles this summer." And I go, uh, "What?" Because <laughs> I already had plans to play with just my normal summer league team. And he goes, "He goes, yeah, you're gonna play in the West Coast League." And I was like, "All right, let's see how that goes." And so, uh, yeah, I. Got I was on the pickles roster, um, and it was my first experience with uh, collegiate hitters, and um, I, it was a lot of fun just getting to uh, kind. I, I get like a mini little experience of kind of college baseball in a way. Um, it was it was a really relaxed feel playing with, uh, especially in a college summer league. Any summer league is going to be relaxed, but um, it was it was really fun. And uh, just doing doing the road trips, um, and then just obviously getting to face really good batters was super beneficial to me going forward. Just to know uh, like what's going to work in high school versus what's going to work in college, and that was, it was kind of eye opening at first. Um, it, I mean, it was really eye opening just to just to be able to figure out different things of what's going to work and what's not going to work. So it was a Overall, it was a, it was a phenomenal learning experience for me. I think um, I'm really glad that um, it happened. Really glad I was able to play for Portland. 
um, I think it's definitely it definitely helped me quite a bit going into the fall at Gonzaga. Yeah, it, what about that? Uh, the change from using a aluminum bat to then going and and using a wooden bat in the uh, West Coast League. Um, it definitely from the pitching side, I loved it because it was, I could shatter people's bats, but hitting <laughs> I I could not figure it out. Um, cause at, at the beginning of summer, I was uh, supposed to hit. I think I got. I got like four at bats, struck out four times. I just could not figure out the wood bat. So after that, we kind of just decided to step away from hitting and just do pitching that for the rest of the summer. And then I ended up getting a call from Coach Harmon towards maybe the last two weeks of the season. And he's like, yeah, we're going to have you try outfield um, as well when you get here, have you two-way. Uh, for, for a couple of weeks just to see how it works out so then I had to pick up my bat and start trying to hit again and it was just it was just not pretty with the wood bat do you um do you think that that experience beyond just facing these collegiate level batters um you know other than that what you you feel like you drew some um information you drew some knowledge from playing that summer that now helped you transition into that first year at Gonzaga itself? Oh, of course. Just um, a lot of just the team aspect, like I had touched on before, being around a bunch of new guys and a lot of the guys quite a bit older than myself um, was just a great, it was was like a really rewarding experience um, just to get get the feel of uh, a real college type team instead of just like my high school team, we're all kind of around the same age. Um, so that was a great deal. And uh, we had three other Gonzaga guys on that team. Um, so that was awesome to get to know them before I ended up going to school. And one of them was going to be fifth year, Carson Brashears. So he was um, quite a bit older than me. I was able to like kind of connect with him, which was really great for when I got to school because um, – he was, he was one of the leaders on our team, so and I, it was nice to already have a connection with him going in. Um, but, yeah, it was – and then I was able to learn a lot just from other pitchers about um, grips and stuff, like I had said before. We always talk about what kind of works for them, how uh, how their ball moves, stuff like that, and then just getting to watch – just getting to watch the other pitchers, um, how they work and um, being able to try and incorporate that into some of the things that I do was extremely beneficial to me. Now, let's transition into Gonzaga itself. Can you describe what like a just a, a typical baseball day was like um and, and kind of what the what you went through on that day and let, let's let's let me let me kind of define it a little bit more. Tell me what a little what a, a game day, you know, what a game day is like for you. Okay, um Game day, we would wake up and on Saturdays we'd lift um, in the mornings. And then after that, we would go get some lunch um, in uh, our champion's room above like our basketball stadium. And uh, we'd get lunch in there. Then we'd have a couple hours. Um, not really, but we'd have like an hour to kind of just start getting prepared for uh, early work and all that. And then we'd go out, we would do all our early work. 
uh, and then we'd come back in and have time in the clubhouse for probably another hour or so and uh, while the other team's taking BP. And then that's kind of when everyone just starts to walk in and get ready for the game. Uh, and then after that, we'd go, pitchers would all go tear down their BP, get the field set for game time. And uh, then that's when that's when every guy's just locked in at that point, um, getting ready to go compete. And they would, then uh, we'd go out, warm up, get all our work in. And then, uh, then it was time to go by then. What's been the uh, most interesting experience thus far in, the game, let's say, game time experience that you've had so far in college? Most interesting? Um, man. Um, I'd have to say it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, it's going to be a week span, but, um, so we had a, we had a week of home games where, uh, one of our guys, Troy Johnson, he was our right fielder. He had seven home runs in that week and wow. it was just, it was incredible to watch. I think he hit probably, he, I think he hit easily over 500 that week with seven home runs and probably two or three doubles. And it was just the most amazing thing. It was incredible just to watch him absolutely ball out and like at this level. It was, it was unreal. Wow. That's, that's pretty cool. Seven home runs in a, in a week. How many games did you have in that, that time frame? Um, I think it was maybe one midweek and then the three, three game series on the weekend. So in four games, seven home runs. Wow. Yeah, that's, incredible. That, that's crushing it. Um, yeah. So, you you got my understanding is you got hurt um, at the would you get yeah. hurt at the end of this uh, at the end of the ball year or, or something? Um, it was towards it was right after spring break, so towards the beginning of our season. I think we were two weeks in. Um, my uh, shoulder started dislocating just when I would play catch. And so I kind of dealt with it for a while, just like the pain of it. And then it just got to a point where I was throwing, I was throwing maybe a hundred feet and I'd start skipping it and just be in incredible pain. So I had to kind of lay back on the throwing. I just completely, just completely cut it off. Stop, stop throwing. And, um, wouldn't have to get MRI, CT scan. And, um, finally, figured out that I had separated a third of my cartilage from the bone in my shoulder. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone, everyone kind of thought it was a labrum issue at first, which, uh, I would have been a little happier with (laughs) because, uh, apparently what I have is, uh, not, not too many cases of it. So yeah, there was, that was, that was not ideal to say the least. Um, but so yeah, I ended up, I got surgery, um, as soon as I got home, and so now I'm just hoping to be back uh, by next February for this season. So how, how's how's the shoulder feeling right now? You feeling feeling good? Feel like you're oh, yeah. you know, ready on the road to recovery? Yeah, I feel great. Um, I'm just over a month in. PT is going amazing, and uh, surgery went as good as it possibly could. It was best case scenario. So so far, everything has just gone like phenomenal so i'm feeling pretty blessed with everything that's happened and uh yeah i'm just moving forward i'm feeling good ready to go 
at what point are you going to be able to start picking up a ball and start throwing and kind of getting back into baseball shape? Um, see, that's one of the things where it sucks that it's rare because there's no real plan. So it's just whenever uh, I'm, I'm getting an MRI, I think in uh, two more in two months, I'm going to get an MRI. And uh, if it shows healing uh, or that it's already healed, then uh, that's when I can start throwing and start or start building up to throwing, I guess. Um, so, I mean, my guess is somewhere around six months, I'll be able to uh, start getting the ball in my hand and playing catch again. Yeah, because there's a, I mean, I had, I had shoulder surgery and I know that there's a lot of muscle in that, that particular area that connect to like your shoulder and then all the other bones in your, in your body in that area. See, it's like rebuilding those after, after having that, uh, that type of surgery. So, um, well, we, we wish you a speedy recovery, um, in this process. Um, I know that, uh, this summer you had been invited and were supposed to play for the uh, newly minted uh, West Coast League Ridgefield Raptors up uh, up near your hometown. Um, what what was that feeling like when you got a request to go ahead and play for this new team in their inaugural year and 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 be so close to home? That was absolutely. I was I was so happy. I I was pumped because uh, I mean last summer getting to stay at home and play in Portland that was incredible. And so I was really hoping I'd get another assignment where I could just live at home, just play baseball. So I was so pumped to be put on the Raptors, and especially with the new the new complex that they built in Ridgefield, it's amazing. So I was, I was really excited to go play there, um, and then I mean just get back on the get back pitching. It would have been a great experience. I was really excited to play in the West Coast League again, but. Uh, yeah, I, I was I was really looking forward to it. Super bummed out when uh, it didn't work out, but um, yeah, it would have been. I was I was really looking forward to it. Now, if I'm correct, uh, a buddy of yours from um, or a fellow player of yours from high school, Cooper, is playing for uh, the Raptors at this time. If I'm correct, uh, it's older brother Brody. Okay, okay, I got that run wrong. I yeah, Cooper, Cooper. Cooper's still a junior. He'll he'll be in the West Coast League next year probably. But but you played with his brother, right? Yeah, I played with Brody quite a bit. Okay, so I, I got probably, I like, got part of it right. The yeah, 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 yeah. Same family, same family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Brody's on the team. He was on he was on the Pickles last summer too. And so I I played with Brody since I was probably thirteen. So I was I was really excited to get to play with him again because I mean originally he was supposed to go off to. Uh, play for some team in new england um and so when that he ended up falling through and then richfield was able to get him so when i found that out i was i was really excited to get to play with him i absolutely love being on the team with brody um it would have been yeah it would have been great yeah and uh you've you've got to go out to the complex so far and catch a game this season and uh tell us a little bit about what that experience was like for you um yeah i went out I went out to a few games so far, and opening night was uh, was just incredible. It was absolutely packed over over two thousand people there easily, and uh, they had they had flames coming up as the players would run out. They'd run through the flames as their names were announced, um, and it was just it was a great atmosphere, and uh, all the fans just absolutely love it. Um, 
not a whole lot of them seem to really know what they're talking about some of the time, but, uh, it's just, it's just great. They, uh, they have a phenomenal fan base and, uh, a lot of people that love watching them play. Yeah, that's, uh, it's going to be really good. I, I'm, I'm looking to get out there soon myself. Uh, maybe we can catch a game together. Of course. Talk a little ball while we're, uh, we're watching the game. Um, so where do we where do you go from here? Like I mean, you've you've now gotten um, you know the this experience, first year of college. Uh, you were you know you've gotten this West Coast league. Where where do you go from where do you go from here? Should your surgery um, and everything uh, heal properly and your soldier, surgically repaired shoulder healed properly and you be able to move forward? Where, what's your expectation moving forward? Uh, well, I'm hoping all things go well with my shoulder like you said and then uh the hope from there is that i'm healthy in time for the season and uh i'm performing like i should be um come february and so that i'll be able to get a get a spot either in the weekend rotation or coming out of the bullpen um for gu this year um and then just hopefully get out there and and dominate and pitch really well um that, that's definitely that's definitely the hope that i have right now and uh the plan just i'm doing everything i can to make sure i'm ready um for when i can start throwing getting my body right and uh yeah so i mean just biggest thing for me right now is i need to get healthy and then when i do get healthy um i need to get back out there and show that i show that i can um still pitch really, I guess, is kind of what's what's going on right now. Excellent, excellent. Well, again, I wish you luck in, in, your, in a speedy recovery. Now let's flip to uh, MLB to PDX. Um, got a little bit of breaking news. I'm looking at my, my Twitter feed right now. When this podcast comes out, this probably will no longer be breaking news, but breaking news right now uh, from Jeff Passan uh, from ESPN is that the Tampa Bay – Rays have received MLB's permission to explore becoming a two-city team. The Tampa Bay area and Montreal, sources tell ESPN, the plan is to play early season home games in Tampa Bay area, in the Tampa Bay area, and finish the season in Montreal. Um, that's pretty big news. I mean, I, I've, I've been predicting all along that I think that um, Tampa Bay, because they're on the East Coast, and, and because Montreal is is suited already, I mean they already have Olympic Stadium, so they could move, they could easily move Tampa Bay to Montreal, and then play at Olympic Stadium while they build a new stadium somewhere in the Montreal Montreal metropolitan area. So let's talk a little bit about this, and then we'll talk about you know we'll talk maybe throw in some of the Oakland A's. We'll talk about you know what 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 you think um, and what your prediction is for Major League Baseball to Portland. So what do you, what do you think about this breaking news that, uh, from ESPN? I mean, um, I haven't honestly been following too much about it, but I think that um, just it's I think it's honestly just good news for Portland area because it shows that if a fan if teams are going to start moving around then who says that it can't be Portland that gets the team, you know, but, um, I think that's awesome. Um, watching, I just remember having a bunch of Montreal Expo baseball cards. So I think it'd be pretty cool to have a team back in Montreal playing there. 
Yeah, I remember uh, going to Montreal when I was younger myself. I actually got an autographed uh, baseball card from Vladimir Guerrero. Uh, That's incredible. Meet, got to meet him, so I got it on. His autograph now with his son playing in Toronto. I mean, that's that's, yeah, that's, that's even cooler. Sweet. That's so um, sweet. Now, what what's your prediction? I mean, you know, we we got again, we got this breaking news of uh, Tampa Bay, Montreal. So that just pushes forward the even the bigger possibility that Tampa Bay is going to relocate to Montreal. And again, like I predicted on this show, I predicted everywhere that I think Tampa Bay will move to Montreal. I, I personally think that the A's will close the deal, that they will stay in Oakland. That's just my opinion. Um, I don't feel – it just with the Raiders leaving Oakland, going to Las Vegas, with um, Golden State not necessarily leaving the area, like leaving yeah. the Oakland region. They're, they're just going across into San Francisco, which isn't too far, but they're still leaving Oakland. It just feels like to me that o- Oakland doesn't want to lose another professional team. Do you do you see a possibility of Oakland moving, or do you see expansion coming to Portland? Um, I don't know. So I actually went to a game in Oakland to watch the A's, and that fan base is incredible watching there. And it's so I don't know. I don't. I don't see. I don't see Oakland A's fans really wanting Oakland to leave. And I feel like the front office at Oakland just kind of has to recognize how, uh, how just amazing their fan base is there. Um, just cause I mean, I got to experience it firsthand and it was, it was just completely different than like a Mariners game, not from the stand standpoint of like numbers wise, how many people are there, but just like those people are really into it and they're hardcore about what they're doing. So, I don't know. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Oakland stays. Yeah, I I agree, and and I don't I don't necessarily mind that. In a way, um, a part of me, selfish me, was like, Oakland's got a really good young team, and they got a good farm system, so it'd be really cool to to bring that into Portland. But on mm. the other hand, it's like I wouldn't mind having expansion come to come to Portland. Um, then you know this way we're not like feeling like we got to buy some time somewhere else and be rushed into like getting the stadium like together oh, yeah. not doing a good job um i mean i you know if we get expansion that means they get to have an expansion draft so it's like there's certain players that open up from all these other teams um so let's talk about let's talk about you know talk about that portion now let's talk about like if you let's say you're the gm of the new expansion team here in the Northwest. And you could start a team, but you're going to start the team with one specific player and then you're going to build around that player. Who would it be? Um, I, I have to say Mike Trout. Um, I just think the way he plays baseball is uh, just absolutely phenomenal. Just not, I mean, not really like his skills. I'm obviously he's, one of the best baseball players, but I think that he's kind of taken over the face of baseball in a way, like uh, the way Derek Jeter kind of was the face of baseball, just uh, kind of his mannerisms, the way he's, he's not really, he doesn't try to be more than himself. He's uh he's just an, I just, I just see him as a natural leader who just plays the game the right way. And so I think he'd be a perfect person to build around. 
Yeah, not only is he a great player, he he seems like a really really good individual. Yeah. Some some you know one of those characters, and I mean this in a good way. Okay, one of those characters that you you really want to build a team around. I mean, gosh, I think what was it? Uh, the uh, Anaheim gave them, or the yeah Angels gave him. Was it like four hundred and something million dollars? Oh, to yeah. Like resign. Yeah. I mean that just that. Just, I mean, he's I mean, the highest-paid baseball player right now. I mean, that just goes to show what they what he means to that team. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, that, no, that's good. Uh, what do you any ideas for um, like a team name, or are you just kind of like, hey, uh, you know, let's just leave that up in the air and uh, let's let's see, kind of go from there. Oh man, I really haven't. Oh, I don't know. I haven't really thought of a team name. I just. Whenever I think Portland baseball, I think pickles. But I mean, that's already you can't take pickles. But um, I don't know. That would be tough. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I can't come up with something quick off the top of my head. But I don't know. I'm sure whatever 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 uh, comes to will be great. Yeah, I um, you know, people have thrown out like the the Portland Beavers. I feel like we oh yeah have the, a, the old Portland Beavers team, yeah, yeah but I feel like we already have a Beavers in the state we have Oregon yeah. State so I feel yeah, like I that's that's doing a disservice yeah I don't think you I don't think you can really take a name from anyone in the area mm-hmm. like an Oregon team you can't you can't take that and kind of rebrand it I don't think that would be fair to I mean obviously the sex success Oregon State has had and uh, yeah I, I think if you got when you get you got to come up with something completely completely new for. Uh, your fan base. Yeah. Um, so one last question um, for you here. Uh, just just tell us a little bit about um, you know what. Uh, well, hold on. Let me. I'm gonna, I have to re- edit this out. <laughs> Dumbass me. <laughs> um, so, anyways, so with that, you know, with that said, um, you know. Are you uh, are, are you going to be playing? You know, if you, there's going to be any games in this area, um, you know, next 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 season. Like, are you going to be playing at, at University of Portland? Because I know that uh, University of Portland Gonzaga are in the same um, league uh, in the West West Coast League, right? Yeah. You, West so, Coast. Uh, yeah. West Coast, Coast Conference. Conference. Yeah. yeah sorry, West Coast Conference. Yeah, I was stuck mean? on I was stuck on WCL too. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're saying the West Coast Conference. Uh, you know, do you expect to be playing back here in uh in Portland next uh next year? Um. So I think, I think UP will be coming to us next year because we went to Portland um, this last season. But I think um, we always end up playing UVO or Oregon State. Um, I think the last couple of years um, for like midweek games. So I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be some game where we uh, come and play them either in Eugene or Corvallis. Um, so, I mean, hopefully there's a game down here. So then that'd be cool just to be able to come like close and close to home and uh, have the family come out to a game. Excellent. Well, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to, to come on this, the, the podcast and spend a little time with us today uh, talking about your history. Um, you know, definitely we'd love to have you on again uh, just to do a follow-up with you after next season, see how the shoulder's doing. Um, so really thank you very much for, for coming on. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I'd love to be back on and uh, 
hopefully have more stories to tell of collegiate baseball once I get the chance to play. Excellent. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, you can uh, follow us anywhere on Twitter, Instagram, uh, look us up on uh, on Google, whatever uh, service that you have. Enter uh, Diamonds and Roses podcast. You can figure us out anywhere. Uh, so anyways, so with that said, uh, thank you for listening. And uh, thank you, Daniel, for joining us. And uh, peace out.